I release myself of holding the grudge. I think forgiveness is releasing yourself from the burden of being pissed off about something. Some people say, I'm going to forget, but I won't forget. And it's just like, no, you're tolerating that person now, but you're not. You didn't actually forget. You're tolerating. Yeah. And forgiveness, I don't think it means, I don't know if I'm delving too much in what we're going to talk about later. I don't think it means put yourself in the position to be hurt again, per Mm. se. Uh, Even though you can stay if part, you know, forgiveness can sometimes be being intimate and allow yourself to be vulnerable. Mm -hmm. And other times we can forgive, but notice I'm not going to be pissed off at this person. I'm not going to be resentful. I'm not going to have the hurt in my heart. But I think that our exchange isn't good and I need to separate myself. So, right. You know, I don't know. That thing was on my face. You guys have no idea what we're talking about, but that's okay because we we are besties. So we have inside uh, uh, jokes and you're not inside. Apparently. Yeah. No, we love you guys, though. If you want to be inside, make sure you rate, uh, subscribe, comment. <laughs> Let's just get started. Let's get started. Okay. <laughs> Greetings, Starseeds, and welcome to A Cosmic Journey. The comedy podcast about science and spirituality, where we discuss everything in the universe, from the physical to the metaphysical. I'm Demi Wild, And I'm Jay Maceo. Yes, I am. This week, we've got cosmic news stories, like how an odd side effect of the Pfizer vaccine may be uh, causing increasing breast size in women. Mm. Good problems? Yeah, quality problem. Or how scientists in Hawaii have discovered a fungus that makes women orgasm spontaneously when they smell it. Uh, Or on our YouTube channel Monday, you can catch Cosmic News in video format. And Wednesday, you can catch my Cosmic Insights where I'll be talking about when you're just not feeling it. So subscribe. Do that. Do that. Also, later on the show, we take a dive, deep dive into a black hole. Splash. And learn and understand the true meaning of forgiveness. Aww. How is this week? We've, so we haven't seen each other in like two weeks. Right. It's what been, have we been up to? What have we been up to? Uh, I always go first. Uh, <laughs> do I always go first? No. Okay. So I'll go first. Um, so what have I been up to this weekend or this week? Okay. We had opposite feelings on this. You thought the week was taking forever. Yeah. And I blinked and I was like, where the hell did the week go? I, I was on Wednesday. I was like, oh, yeah, t- today's Tuesday. And I was like, wait, today's Wednesday. Mm. Tomorrow's Thursday. How are we doing this? Like, so the week went by quickly for me. Very quickly since it was uh, non-eventful. I did help <laughs> a friend move uh, over the weekend and oh, had nice. a great, great weekend. Uh, and I've been so we, we all we talk about shows sometimes. Yeah, yeah. I've been watching a show called Them. Uh, not us. I thought it was us. And yeah. I'm like, you mean us? The Jordan Peele movie? Yeah. But the funny thing is, like the the trailer of it, not the trailer, but the, what do they call the, the poster yeah. uh, of it looks just like us. 
So I thought the it way was... you described it too. It was like, oh yeah, so it's a family moves into this residential neighborhood and weird supernatural shit happens. And I'm like, this is us. <laughs> yeah. It's like, so it's it seems a lot like us. There's been talk on the internet that it was that they're copying us. Yeah. Uh, but I, I'm starting, I dig it more than I dug us. Us was like a little bit, it was kind of strange for me. I loved us. I mean, it was really, it was really good. It was interesting. I mean, it definitely made me feel like, oh, like just that whole feeling of like being trapped in a house while people are like standing outside is like kind of terrifying to me. Yeah. Yeah, It makes me want to have guns. I grew up in a house with guns and it makes me want to like go out and get some. But like when I was a kid, I had this nightmare one time on Elm Street. Nightmare on Elm Street. I had a nightmare, and every time that I woke up, like in the dream, I, I kept like kind of closing my eyes and waking up. I was staring out the window, mm-hmm. and every time I like closed my eyes and like like opened my eyes back up, this like person was like standing there, like across the street, like underneath one of the um the streetlights. Mm-hmm. And every time I closed my eyes and opened it back up, he was closer. Oh, and the next thing you know, it was like like right in front of my face and I woke up. It was scary. You know, you know what my uh, dream was when I was a kid, my recurring nightmare was, what's that? You'd be like, you're a weirdo. Uh, I don't know if we ever talked about this. So I used to have this one curtain in my room that was, you know, a white curtain. Uh, and my sister had the same curtain in her room, except hers was red. Uh, I don't know. I never had a dream about my curtain. I had a dream that my sister's curtain was coming in my room and it was like attacking me. It was coming like hovering above me like a ghost. And there's a B shape at the at the top of it, like you know, a B shape. Yeah. So that was like the face or the eyes or something. The curtains That's don't kind of scary. But they don't have any hands, any like a mouth, anything. But I was afraid of this freaking curtain. I would be afraid of that. If, yeah. if just a a, a a a human curtain came in and just like started it was like a ghost monster ooh, 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 remember like, the ghost monsters from pac-man yeah that's what it was like freaking <laughs> ghost monster. yes oh no oh and i uh can we say this i guess we can i recorded a uh i was a guest on a podcast uh this happened uh, uh, a while back but i was a guest on a podcast mm-hmm. and you were a guest on a podcast we haven't oh, yeah. talked about this yet and uh, your episode aired and mine will air soon. Yeah, Sex, Drugs, and Jesus, um, Devan and Hubert. He is super good. Um, so unfortunately, the full episodes are only available on his website. They are $2.99. Uh, you get the full episodes as well. But there is a, a shorter version of the free episode available wherever you get your podcast. Mine just came out yesterday. Um, yours comes out next week, I think. Yeah. Yeah. So nah. it, really fun conversation. Like we talk- It'll be this week when you guys uh, see this show. I feel like <laughs> when I was listening to the conversation, I'm like, why am I talking about bestiality so much? <laughs> oh, my God. And uh, yeah, yeah, I'm like, I don't even know. Like, I, I'm like, wait a second. My train of thought just like was not in the right. <laughs> I knew where I was going. But Are you I'm talking like, about on his podcast? On his not- podcast. Yeah. Oh, no. I, I just was like, <laughs> I thought you meant on ours because did you listen to the, uh, there was like, it's on our trailer. I was talking about, he was talking about like, what is a sexual deviant? I'm like, well, sex, sexual deviant is someone that you would want to learn sex from rather than someone that doesn't know what they're talking about. Oh, I didn't know but that. I got, I was using, um, an ex, I was using bestiality as an example, but I was really hung up on this example for a while. All right. 
right. it makes no sense but i i uh, yeah anyways it was we gonna take your puppy away. it was entertaining <laughs> i'm like why am i talking about this no puppy for you no puppy for me what about you what went on with you this this week um well this weekend i went to my grandparents house mm. and had a wonderful time i haven't seen them in a very long time and um we ended up kind of like, so I, I'm, you know, busy working and stuff while I was there too. And I had three meetings on Friday and um, the first meeting did not get interrupted at all because it was early in the morning. So that was good. However, the next two did by my grandma and the dog and, and their dog, not my dog, my dog was fine, but their dog who is just this giant creature of a monster, just like, like jumping in my lap is not trained in the least bit. I think it's a German shepherd or something oh, like huge shepherds. and, but not trained, super energetic, like mm. wants to be in your business all the time. And then my grandma kept walking in and asking me stuff. I'm like, grandma, I'm literally in the meeting, in a meeting right now. Can you not? And then I went into my room Mm-hmm. Close the door. She still kept coming in. <laughs> and I'm like, you cannot do this. Like, please. And not only that, but I was supposed to record another podcast the next day. Mm-hmm. I'm like, this is not going to work. I have to reschedule this. Oh. And um, so, you know, we went to my aunt's, my both of my aunt's house, um, uh, my aunt, aunt Tracy and Aunt Beth. We went to their their place up in Bass Lake, had dinner up there, stayed the night. And the next morning, I'm like, I got to go. <laughs> so, peace. peace out. Um, I, I, left, I left from there. It was a wonderful time. Good visit. It was just short. I had other stuff I got to do, but then at the same time, I also wanted to go to San Francisco. Nice. So I haven't, I've gone to San Francisco at least once a year since I was like 21. Well, I've only been one time. I love San Francisco so much, but this time I did a little bit different. I didn't really like go to party or anything. I literally stayed three blocks from Golden Gate Park and two blocks from the beach. Oh, nice. It was so beautiful. And the area, the area was kind of a residential area anyways, but I would, could literally like take Buddy out to the park and the beach and just hang out there for two days. It was gorgeous. Oh, my God. The day was just amazing. Um, I did mushrooms nice. in Golden Gate Park, nice. <laughs> which was amazing. It was beautiful and like, you know, just had such an amazing time. And, you know, it was just like super cool. However, I did when I did go out. um, I, I did realize that San Francisco had just changed their policies of going into bars and stuff that mm-hmm. you have to have your Vax card mm-hmm. on you. And I was like, well, sh- I had it on me, but I didn't bring it with me. So I didn't actually go out or anything. Uh, um, so I was like, well, I guess it's not really that big of a deal. I didn't really like care. But um, but yeah, I mean, I just had a great time hiking on mushrooms and hanging out at the beach. I got, I got my recording done. I had another podcast that and, um, uh, aired this week too, Lost Spaces. Nice. Um, uh, Kay Anderson uh, interviewed me for it. It was about kind of like queer spaces, like when you're growing up and like stuff that got lost over time. You know, I talked about showcase theater. So like, some of my best uh, memories from high school was like going to this, going to see punk shows and stuff. And, um, but they closed down back in 20, 2008. Okay. And so the concept for the podcast is kind of like a chronicle of people's experiences in places that are lost to time. And so, which is a great concept. And I had a really wonderful time talking to them. So that's out now too. Out in the world. Out in the world. The world. <laughs> yeah. I have sh- oh, I have shows coming up too. Yeah. I have, I've been doing a lot of shows. So I really like that. Been collabing with people. And I am uh, very, very glad about that. I feel like I've also fell into a space with a bunch of other 
artist and getting to collab and getting to hear people and them going to my shows mm -hmm. me going to theirs it feels like i have an artist community and i feel like i'm, I'm really growing yeah. as an artist because of that so yeah i i i mean i'm super excited like stuff that's happening right now and you know I, I know you're having the same kind of experiences i'm having the same kind of experiences so it's like i i feel as though i'm where i'm supposed to be yes and vice versa yeah it's been a wonderful, wonderful two weeks. It's a wonderful world. Shall we get into the astrology forecast? We shall. Okay, so um, I had a channeled message that kind of appeared before I started writing this, actually, but um, I had a butterfly appear to me. <gasps> so did I this week. Did Twice. You? Did you? Twice. What, what color was yours? One was yellow, uh, and there were two. I think they were, I want to say they were all yellow. Mm -hmm. Like there was one and there was two, but I think they were all yellow. I was, well, literally, I was thinking in my mind, like, growth transformation, and then immediately as I turned a corner, there was a butterfly right in front of my face. Oh, wow. I was like, well, hello. What color is yours? White. Oh, wow. White. Yeah. White and yellow. What does that make? Mm, yellow would be reflective of a sun. Mustard joyous. and mayo. Mustard. Oh, sir. Mustard and mayo. <laughs> that too. Yeah, because you don't that like too. mayo, do you? I don't, I don't mind it. Oh, okay. And that's how I feel about mustard. I don't mind it. But I love, uh, you know, some. I like Miracle Whip more than I like mustard or mayo. I can, I can get that. I didn't grow up on Miracle Whip. You know what I grew up on? Mm -hmm. I grew up on sandwich bread, and that's what we called. Oh, mayo. the white bread. Oh, what sandwich bread? What is? Oh, yeah, which is like it's like mayo mixed with, uh, what is it? Uh, the pickle stuff, uh, relish, and a whole bunch of other stuff, and you spread it on the sandwich. We called that mayo uh, when I was a kid. So we didn't really grow up on real mayo. And it was like, I don't know what that is. Yeah. I'll, we'll we'll, <laughs> we'll you make it. No, no, we'll Google it you and buy it in the store. I think Kraft had it. We'll we'll put it in the show notes or something. We'll <laughs> Google it on break. This is important. Yes. <laughs> um, anyways, so we have a lot of uh, Venus energy going on this week. Uh, so the first thing that pops up on eight, nine is Venus opposite Neptune. So Venus planet of love, money and aesthetics will be moving to oppose Neptune planet of mysticism, dreams and cosmic forces on this day. And opposition generally means a conflict or a choice between the two opposing cosmic forces. Uh, it's interesting how this week starts off with a, with a choice between our creative selves and our dreams. To me, this means taking a pragmatic approach to our creative lives versus living in an idyllic dream world of our own creation. Mm -hmm. So really understanding like the, what what's a dream, what's a fantasy, and like what is what you're uh, trying to accomplish, and taking actual physical steps to getting that done rather than living in the dream world. Yeah, okay. that kind of makes sense. No, no, yeah. Um, so be careful not to get too caught up in your dreams uh, that we forget to take care of our real world goals. Um, so 811 Mercury enters a Virgo. We have a lot of Virgo energy coming up too. Yeah. So Mercury planet of learning expression and communication will be entering pragmatic and analytic Virgo on this day. Uh, this could mean that we will be taking a more grounded approach to our learning and a more, uh, careful approach in our community, uh, a more careful, God damn it. Immunity. <laughs> blah, blah, blah. That's what we need. A more careful approach in our communication style or generally a more helpful form of expressionism. Whichever ways you choose to use this energy could lead to some new forms of learning or growth. 
again, that growth thing. Growth. Growth. Um, I got a growth on the back of my neck. Ow. Ew. Help. <laughs> Um, oh, I thought you were serious. No, I wasn't serious. <laughs> like, I had to look at the back of Demi's neck because I wasn't sure. I got a goiter. Um, eight a goiter. <laughs> I know. I was thinking like that's a guada. Guada. Uh, on eight eleven as well, we have Venus trine Pluto. More Venus I'm energy. I'm your fire. As the last reading, Venus is the earthy sign of Virgo, while Pluto, planet of upheaval and transformation, is in the other more worldly sign of Clap. Capricorn, 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 clap. The clap. This energy generally makes us want to take on a voyage towards change. Vo- Venus and Virgo takes our love, money, and beauty into a more analytical pursuit of it, while Capricorn is all about the 99% perspiration towards that change. So it's a long, hard rope towards this shift, but the trine aspect between these planets will absolutely help us along the way. Uh, best use of this energy would be to take note of what aspects in our life that you would like to see differently and take small steps in doing so. Little steps. Finally, we have Venus entering Libra. So Venus loves being in Libra as Libra is full of Venusian energy. Oh, Venusian. 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 I learned a new word today. Yes, you did. Uh, Libra brings balance, harmony, beauty, and art to whatever it is doing. And Venus will double the beauty and harmony aspects of this uh, of this sign. Whatever you are doing, you can benefit in doing so with a sense of flair and harmony in our projects or perhaps just in your daily life. Aesthetics are an important role in this energy, so you may have an urge to shift up your own style, which could benefit you when you're trying to make an impression on someone important. Wow. Yes. I'm going to have a kid, and I'm going to name him Venusian. 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 <laughs> Get your ass in there, Venusian. I'm going I'm to make it a Venusian. <laughs> Venusian. Just like, like when uh, there's some women named Alicia that don't like to be called Alicia. Do they have a Venetian hotel in Las Vegas? Uh, Venetian. Yeah, yeah. If you're Venetian. But is it spelled like Venetian? No, it's spelled V-E-N-E-T-I-A-N, I think. Oh, okay, yeah, yeah. I was about to be like, because I'm, I'm looking at the word Venetian. Oh, some shit just popped up at you. Sure enough. I love how you do this and just whatever pops up. You know what I've done with my tarot, uh, tarot recently? Tarot recently? <laughs> tarot! I miss all over the place. I've made uh, we had one guest on here who was very awesome who like did like this display of a uh, of a uh, of cards. Mm-hmm. So I like put mine down every day to tell a story. It's very interesting. That's essentially what I do with with this. Uh, with the, uh, you do that actually. Swords energy here, complete swords energy. So first Swats. thing we have Ace of Swords. So Ace of Swords is the um, the immediate kind of uh, springing of an idea or. Um, like it, it's kind of like the the seed of the of the idea that's that's forming within us. So it's like kind of like that initial boom. There's this idea that I have I got to do right now. Um, however, I, it seems that there might be a little bit of struggles with it. You know, just a little bit of kind of like um, not really struggles with it. Maybe it's like having a hard time coming to fruition, or maybe you don't know how to get there. Um, but I think ultimately what will happen is we will take that idea and we will run with it. We will actually just go and, um, and really just kind of like take it and, and, and really grab it, grab the bull by the horns and literally like take it wherever it needs to go. So uh, a lot of ideas, a lot of like creative energy here and a lot of expression as well. So literally three sword, I have ace of swords, um, three of swords and the princess of swords. So nothing but swords here. So that's earthly energy air. 
Just kidding. Yeah. <laughs> Wait, what is Earth? Pentacles. Oh, I knew that. Damn. <laughs> so it's Aryan. I'm an air sign. So. Mm-hmm. Yeah. So this is kind of like that same energy that you have. It's, you know, a lot of ideas, expression, a lot of kind of like just stuff that needs to be from your brain, from your heart, from your mind out into the world. Can we bleep out the part where I fucked up? No. <laughs> and let's edit that shit. He don't know his sign. I'm turning off for this show. This is bullshit. Please don't do that. Shall we get into some news? We shall. Let's so news. I found this really interesting um uh news article about an odd Pfizer vaccine side effect. Mm-hmm. So women who have had the Pfizer vaccine and reported an unexpected side effect, claiming their breasts have grown bigger. And have after having the jab, titties, titties. Uh, common side effects from COVID 19 vaccines include pain at the injection site, headaches, fatigue, and feeling flu like symptoms. But many women have noticed their breasts and lymph nodes had swollen after receiving their jabs, dubbing the effect the Pfizer boob job. All right. Um, did you have any side effects after you got your, your first one? I did not, uh, which is, I thought I would, and I did not. Yeah, I didn't have any either. I just had, like, kind of a little soreness, but it wasn't. But that's, really like, any time I get a shot, I have, like. Yeah. yeah. So I was I was surprised. I thought I was going to be, like. Did, you, did your boobs get, get bigger? A little bit. But <laughs> I, I had chest day today, so. I mean, <laughs> that too. <laughs> say it with your chest. Uh, according to Australian Department of Health, inflamed lymph nodes are a less common side effect of the vaccinations. In the U.S., where the vaccination rollout is further along than Australia, doctors have reported an influx of newly vaccinated women making mammogram appointments as women were confusing swollen lymph nodes after the vaccine for signs of cancer. Mm. Um, a study published in the Radiological Society of North America recently concluded vaccine-induced lymphadenopathy. Sure lymphadenopathy okay was an important side effect for clinicians uh patients and cancer researchers to be aware of as it would result in a false cancer diagnosis Ooh. while it is not clear how long it takes for the swelling in some women's lymph nodes to go down it is important to know that it is a temporary side effect so not a permanent one unfortunately if you, oh if you want a boob job you gotta go under the knife so they're telling see they they just they, I, I think they're like I think Pfizer put this thing out. Like, <laughs> like, if you want your titties bigger for one night, just come to us. So they're going to, like, <laughs> you know, get the, get the shot and then go on a date. And then they're going to be like, gotcha to the man, you know, gotcha. That's what, yeah, that's what <laughs> men do with money. I mean, we're speaking of heteronormative relationships. So. Yes, exactly. Yeah. So, um, I don't know I'm laughing. So you know what? When I used to get uh, sushi, mm-hmm. uh, actually, I need to get sushi again. I was a vegetarian for like I love sushi, like a year and a half, so I couldn't have sushi anymore. Uh, but uh, now I can go back. And one of the things I love was unagi, the, the eel. Mm-hmm. Um, I didn't even need to tell that story. So there's a man in China who was hospitalized after using a live eel, not to eat it, but he inserted it up his anus, up into his rectum. To cure his case of constipation. This man did this, man. Um, this, when I was reading this, I just got the worst, like, heebie-jeebies. I'm like, why would you do that? Yeah. <laughs> yeah, no, that, that's, that's, you're right, I got heebie-jeebies too. Ugh, front brothers, give me heebie-jeebies. Uh, the unnamed man, I wish they had found his name, uh, located in the Chinese city. <laughs> of, what's his name out there? <laughs> of, uh, is that Ching, huh? 
uh, put yeah. together 20 centimeters, which is uh, 7.87 inches. Thank you. Uh, for like, because I'm like, how many centimeters? We don't know. Uh, of uh, eel into his anus, uh, as recommended by uh, a purported uh, folk remedy. Uh, yeah, it's an old wife said, Oh, baby, put it, put a put an eel up your ass, it'll like have your regular, it'll have your regular in a second. A douche, babe, like, <laughs> seriously, that's probably it's less expensive than a uh, right? It's probably less expensive than an eel. Yeah, I don't know if you wanted to feel the wiggling, but uh, the eel, however, had other plans other than relieving the man's uncomfortable medical condition. Upon reaching his rectum, the eel headed towards his colon and bit into it entering his oh. abdomen. Mm. Remarkably, this is not the first instance of eels being used in this peculiar way. In 2017, one man tried to uh, use this folk remedy as per his friend's recommendation. In that case, the 49-year-old man was rushed to the hospital where doctors performed an emergency surgery to remove the eel. Uh, now, Men's Health added that there is zero scientific evidence to back up that an eel will do anything for your digestive system except wreak total havoc. Yeah. And I, I think like, but I mean, like, you're right. Laxatives didn't work. You didn't, you didn't douche. Is, is it? Is the it, first thing you go is I'm going to put a live animal up my butt. Yeah. Yeah. Who, who thinks that? Like, <laughs> like Martin Lawrence said, just try it. He was like, is it, is it douche or douche? Well, try both of the motherfuckers, you know? <laughs> the so. fact that it went, it wriggled all the way up into his colon and then bit into it, Arr. went into his abdomen. Like it went through his intestine. Ugh. Ugh. Don't put live animals up your butt. Mm -mm. I thought we were past that as a species, really. Unless it's a gerbil. Gerbils are fine. <laughs> <laughs> Don't put me on that. I didn't tell you. Oh, my that. God. You know what? I'm sorry. We like. We, I didn't we tell were, you to do that. We're back. <laughs> this show is not was... responsible for any shit you do. No, no, not at all. Except get better. Um, except get better. However, more <laughs> animal news here. Uh, so koalas have an interesting uh, uh, bacterial infection that I found. Um, so a serious bacterial infection called chlamydia is one of the leading causes of death for Australia's koalas. No. Yeah. Chlamydia. Koalas have chlamydia. My cousin chlamydia? Mm-hmm. Chlamydia, a sexually transmitted disease, affects humans as well as koalas. The bacterium chlamydia trachomitis targets humans, while koalas are sickened by chlamydia pecorum. So left untreated chlamydia can cause infertility and permanent blindness in both species. So antibiotics that treat chlamydia in humans also work for koalas. However, their success rate varies as some types of antibiotics produce side effects that can be harmful to the iconic animals, such as disrupting the gut microbes that enable digestion of eucalyptus leaves, a dietary mm. staple for koalas. So eucalyptus is actually very poisonous. And for some, but koalas only eat eucalyptus. And so they kind of have adapted to having certain microbes in there in gotcha. that okay. helps them digest it. Uh, unfortunately, antibiotics do kill microbes. So what happens is it becomes poisonous for them to eat the eucalyptus. I wonder if that would happen to me when I couldn't eat meat for a while. Uh, if I was having like weird microbe uh, abrasions, I don't know if that's the right. Did I talk about the time I got C. diff? think so but tell i me think again. i did yeah yeah yeah, yeah. <laughs> yeah um so i was dushing heavily Dush. um, and as we also know this is science <laughs> if you douche too much 
you upset your gut microbes. Oh yeah. And so what ended up happening, I got an infection in my gut that really made my like gut swell. So there was like an influx of bad bacteria that was growing in there. Oh wow. And it was horrible. Oh my God. It was the worst. Number one, the gas. Mm -hmm. That was the only like relief that I could get was from passing gas, but it was rancid. Like, I'm like, this is the worst smell. <laughs> You're welcome. in the world. You're all welcome. Um, but number two, I finally went to the hospital and they're like, yeah, you got a bacterial infection in here, dude. And like, how did this happen? I'm like, well, let me tell you. Um, so yeah, they gave me antibiotics, but again, I had to also watch what I was eating after I had the, after I had the antibiotics, because what could happen is more bad bacteria could grow yeah it's a tricky process antibiotics are great however they could also upset things um but anywho Anywho. so koalas in the wild are exposed to chlamydia through sexual contact and newborns can contract the infection from their mothers it is unclear exactly why koalas are so vulnerable to this disease but their susceptibility may be linked to a virus in the same family as a human immunodeficiency virus hiv uh, recently, researchers conducted the first comparative analysis of the two antibiotics and the most commonly given to koalas with chlamydia, uh, chlorophenicol and doxycycline. They found that not only was doxycycline a more uh, reliable treatment for defeating infection, it also produced fewer side effects in the koalas. Wow. So can I ask a question? Yeah. Who fucked the first koala? <laughs> That's what I want to find out. Who was the koala fucker like, that caused all this shit? Who fucked the first koala? I mean, I know they're cute and shit, but like, not in that way. Like, no. Imagine. No, I don't want to imagine. Yeah. No, we were just talking about bestiality. <laughs> singing, to, singing to the koala, I'll make love to you. We do not condone bestiality on this show. Don't condone that shit. Um, partake in it either. Because we get men's. Yes. In different area codes. Okay, so we're we're doing a show right now. Mm-hmm. Uh, so there is uh, a, a fungus. There's fun guy. I love fun guy because I'm a fun guy. I had some fun guys this weekend. I heard about that. <laughs> uh, so American scientists John Halliday and Noah uh, Sewell uh, said that they have discovered a rare orange fungus that gives only women an intense aphrodisiac effect. Uh, when they sniff it. Uh, but oddly enough, men have been found to get absolutely nothing from it and actually uh, find it disgusting, mm. which is weird. So Halliday and Sewell uh, discovered the fungus tropical dictyophoria in Hawaii back in 2001. The pair said they heard rumors of this rare mushroom that it had been uh, potent and had uh, some real strong properties. Uh, the women on the small island reported gathering it in rituals, uh, having it involving uh, aphrodisiacs. So, so they're witches. They are witches. I was like, <laughs> sniffing is- mushrooms and fucking having sex circles. This is some uh, some witchy shit, and I'm <laughs> I'm down for that energy. So the two took a trip to the remote island uh, in search of this magical mushroom. You, had, you talked about it. you had some magical mushrooms. Did they sure did. Uh, they induce any orgasms? Mm, no, but I did jerk off later that night. Really? You know what's weird? I'll get back to the story, but people talk about that on hallucinogens. Like I haven't, oh God, I haven't done those in like twenty years. But on hallucinogens, sex did not make sense to me. Like the whole oh, concept. on it, no, on it, absolutely. Not. Oh, okay. Oh, the day after. One time I did have sex on acid, and that was the most that would crazy experience. I bet that would have been weird. It was, I was not in my body. 
I was like not in my body at all. And were you just watching it happen? I don't think he was in his body. I no, I was in space. I was somewhere else. Oh wow. We were both elsewhere. But I'm in space, mother. It was fun. Don't get me wrong. It was a great experience. But wow. at the same time, I was like, this is crazy. Like I have no idea what's going on. I bet. Well, uh, the two took a trip to this uh, island. They uh, wanted to. So they the claims they wanted to find out whether these were true or not. The scientists said they found the fungus growing where the lava flows on the island. So be careful. Sex on acid is going to give me a new band name. Oh, sex on acid <laughs> near the lava. The pair asked uh, several volunteers, both men and women, to test the claims. The scientists found the side tracks side effects triggered spontaneous female orgasm just by sniffing the mushroom. Uh, <laughs> according to the article, a trial invo- involving, uh, involving, involving 20 men and 16 women were asked to smell the mushroom. All of the men found the... Hey, sniff this. Yeah. <laughs> I've, I've learned that once or twice. Uh, but all of the men found the smell disgusting, and all the women showed signs of arousal, and six of them experienced orgasm from the smell clean up on l3 <laughs> i'm wrong just for that flooded <laughs> just flooded i done flooded my basement i mean if you were like walking through like the rainforest of hawaii and you come upon like this circle of women who are just like around this mushroom just like sniffing it and going ah <laughs> it, what, wait, would that, you, what would you think is that the women orgasm is that how it goes sure okay yeah. like i know yeah <laughs> You might have, like, in a former life, you might have been like, whose is it? Whose is it? No, that's how I do it. Oh. Ah! <laughs> but with men. Or myself. Oh. Oh, damn. All right. Just, Just myself. Like Just myself. Um, speaking of fungus, we have more fungus news here. So yes, outbreaks fungi. of a drug-resistant superbug fungus spread among patients in hospitals and long-term care facilities in Texas and Washington, D.C., said the Centers for Disease Control and Prevention. Uh, the fungus, Candida auris, preys on people with weakened immune systems. It is often multidrug resistant, meaning that it is resistant to multiple antifungal drugs commonly used to create candida infections. Some strains are resistant to all three available classes of antifungals as well. It is difficult to identify with the standard laboratory methods, and it can be misidentified in labs without specific technology. So misidentification may lead to inappropriate management. Uh, It has caused Outbreaks in healthcare settings for this reason it is important to quickly identify C. auris in the hospitalized patients so that healthcare facilities can take special precautions to stop its spread. So this yeast and slash fungus can enter the bloodstream and spread throughout the body, causing serious invasive infections. Uh, the CDC said evidence suggests that these cases involve person-to-person transmission, which would be a first for the U.S., uh, the clusters in the two cities appear to be unrelated to each other, and the 30-day mortality in both uh, outbreaks combined was 30%, although other health conditions may have also played a role in this as well. So, I mean, one out of three chance that you might die from this is still a pretty good chance. And, yeah. Uh, so identifying what this actually is and, like, making sure that, you know, that you, if you ever come into contact with with anything that you don't know what it is, go to the hospital straight yeah. away. And not only that, but, like, also be extra careful that you just just don't do everything that or ask questions um because mm-hmm. i've been to doctors before that doctors just didn't know what was going on and therefore didn't treat it properly 
So make sure that when you are there at the hospital, that you actually ask questions, you, you say, Hey, I, I read this online or mm -hmm. whatever, like, just be sure that, you know, they're a thorough type of, uh, investigation. Yeah. Cause it's funny. It's a lot of times people, I, I know people who are like, well, they're no best. They're the doctors. They just told me to take it. And I'm mm -hmm. like, you don't know the side effects. You don't know the, like I research things mm -hmm. and I, you know, for when doctors prescribe things, I, we do it together. We find out the side effects. I make sure they know the whole thing. Um, mm -hmm. uh, yeah. So I had a doctor one time, um, Speaking of actually the time that I had that C. diff infection, I C. went diff? to my doctor who was an HIV practitioner. Sound like somebody from the hood, C. diff. Uh, Sorry, <laughs> C. diff, uh, who was an actual like HIV doctor. And mm -hmm. I was asking her like, what is going on with my body right now? And I was explaining the situation to her. And this woman was like from Africa or something. So she was like, like very different. Acrofa. Um, But she was very rude to me like um, like literally was like like don't do anything with your butt like blah 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 like just like yelling at me like berating whoa. me i'm like excuse me like you work at a fucking gay facility like this is not this is not news it's like you know yeah i just need fucking antibiotics and she didn't give me it and i had to go to the hospital later on so it, wow it was i did not go to see her i complained and i said hello this woman is like fucked up and she made me feel shitty so like you guys need to handle that um mm. so yeah doctors aren't always in the right and doctors kind of can be assholes at times too sometimes it, medicine is their best guess mm -hmm. you know a lot of things are people's best guess yeah. and i know that they have a, a bigger chance of being right since they have gone to school and done these things but it doesn't mean that it's uh, you know always right so right, right be very very careful be thorough be thorough there's a fungus growing fungi <laughs> Okay, so I don't know why I keep saying that. So there's something about we, we haven't talked about the brain this week. I know. And you know, this article, I know somebody's like, it's about the brain, but no, it's about space. But we're gonna talk about black holes. We are talking about black holes. A black hole, son. Okay, so there is uh, <laughs> something that happened for the first time. Scientists have detected a light from beyond a black hole. It's the first time that's ever happened, and it fulfills a prediction rooted in uh, Albert Einstein's theory of general relativity. Uh, Stanford scientist uh, over at Stanford University, uh, astrophysicist Dan Wilkins and his colleagues observed an X-ray, uh, a couple of X-rays that were released by a supermassive black hole. Now I'm thinking of the, the Muse song, uh, supermassive black hole located at the center of the galaxy so that it's about uh, 800 million light years from Earth. So pack a bag and uh, you have pack some food if you want to go there. Uh, these bright lights, uh, <laughs> these bright light flares are not unusual because although light can't escape from a black hole, the enormous gravity around it, uh, it can uh, heat up and uh, it can heat up material to millions of degrees. Jeez, it sounds crazy. Uh, these can release radio waves and X-rays. Sometimes uh, this superheated material is hurled out of out into space uh, by rapid jets including x-rays and gamma rays as gas falls into the black hole it can spike to millions of degrees this extreme heating causes electrons to separate from atoms which creates a magnetic plasma uh that would be a great name for a band too magnetic plasma 
I don't know. That's a dope one. Yeah. yeah. Magnetic plasma. Ah. <laughs> uh, the powerful gravitational forces of the black hole cause this magnetic field uh, to arc high, arc high above the black hole and uh, twirl until it breaks. So more observations will be needed to understand these black hole uh, coronas and the uh, Europe. We don't want no coronas, but uh, also the European uh, Space Agency's upcoming X-ray observatory called Athena will launch in 2031. So you just have to wait just 10 years and you'll see it. Just got to wait 10 years. Yeah. Um. I mean, I just find it fascinating that, you know, they're now, I mean, th- what's interesting about this is that um, Einstein has had this theory over a hundred years ago that there's, mm. there's actually light in the middle of black holes. And not only that, but there wasn't even like capabilities to see black holes at that time. Everything that he thought of was theory wow but we're proving him right every single turn of events like this this man is insanely genius yeah yeah because it's so funny uh at first newton the the whole newtonian model of science and everything was what people went on and he was the man until einstein came along Mm -hmm. and along and he's like no it's actually like this and it was just Mm -hmm. mind-blowing Absolutely. But also interesting that there's light in there. So I wonder what's actually in there. It's that, you know, maybe I I want to say other dimensions. And that's why it's Flashes so hard to, from other dimensions. I yeah. think so. I mean, I know I might we might sound out there, but this is an out there show and we're full of uh, we're open to so many possibilities. We like to explore these concepts. We do. So, as usual, you can find links to all these articles on today's episode on our show notes located on our website at acosmicjourneypod.com. If you're watching us on YouTube, thank you for tuning in. And be sure to like this video and subscribe for more every week. Every single week. And if you're listening to the podcast, uh, stay tuned because we will be joined by our special guest. <laughs> we will not be joined by a guest today. Oh, we we'll will talk about forgiveness. <laughs> and if you're listening to the podcast, stay tuned because we will be talking about forgiveness <laughs> there we go <laughs> i always miss that one are you looking for guidance through your spiritual journey source seeds well mimi Folco is a professional tarot reader astrologer and numerologer and uses all of these tools at her disposal to help provide spiritual insights that can give context to your life experiences and assist you in your own journey and your daily life and in her session she covers things like how to understand yourself better uncovering emotional patterns and what special messages your spirit guides are sending to you in addition her apothecary is full of goodies like handmade soy and crystal candles to help you clear your energy ground yourself uh, center yourself she's a one-stop shop i had so much fun with you on the show me too you know when she was on the show she did a little astrology reading for us and she discussed chiron which which is our wounded healer. And it really helps me understand uh, what the things that I need to do in order to heal and also the things that uh, would help me along my journey. So if you go into her shop, you can also shop her specialty handmade crystal candles in lovely scents like love, sobriety, and courage. Her herbal teas like bright and early, lemon lavender, and bee divine. She also has soy candles in scents like grapefruit and patchouli, rosemary and sage, and wood and apple. Ooh. And she also does a tarot for beginners. Absolutely. Yeah. Uh, you can book a session with Mimi by visiting Harvey, HarveyMountainAlchemy.com and find her on Instagram at Mimi's.me. That's at M-I-M-I-S dot me at, and at HarveyMountain.Alchemy.
Well, Star Seeds, welcome back to the show. This week we have a very interesting topic that we are going to be discussing, and that is forgiveness. Forgiveness. And there's a lot of uh, spiritual elements to forgiveness. There's a mm-hmm. lot of like uh, mental health uh, benefits for forgiveness. There's a lot of uh, interesting facets. I think that um, I, I think that would be an interesting exploration of concepts here on this show. So, <laughs> partially inspired by Jesus and uh, the game. Uh, uh, we're not really strangers because they just actually just released a game. Jesus had a game. Yes. <laughs> Jesus is a game show host. Jesus is this, a game show host. This is part of the Bible I have not read. Yeah, <laughs> you heard it here first. Well, but. Jesus forgave us for our sins, so that was part of part of it as well. But you know, this isn't this isn't a religious podcast. Um, but also, there was a game that just was released called "We're Not Really Strangers," and they uh released a uh an up um. So an extension, an extension, expansion, an expansion pack of their game that was all about forgiveness. Mm. This is not sponsored, not sponsored, but it is a really great game. And I think that it's actually a really important game for uh, a lot of people because I don't know if you've ever seen it or, or seen videos of it online. Like they they did a thing in Santa Monica one time where they did videos of these strangers that just came together. Some old, young black, white, you know, gay, straight, all these people kind of came together and played this game together. And it really uh, added a lot of like intimacy to like the, the, the exchange. And, and it's a really great game. So if you guys like it or would be interested in that, it's a really great game. Go pick it up. We're not really strangers, not sponsored. Not sponsored. But anywho. um, So how do you define forgiveness? Ooh. Uh, Forgiveness. I think is when something, oh, damn, how do I define forgiveness? I release myself of holding the grudge. I think forgiveness is releasing yourself from the burden of being pissed off about something. Some people say, I'm going to forget, but I won't forget. And it's just like, no, you're tolerating that person now, but you're not. You didn't actually forget, you're tolerating. Yeah. And forgiveness, I don't think it means, I don't know if I'm delving too much in what we're going to talk about later. I don't think it means put yourself in the position to be hurt again, per mm. se. Uh, even though you can stay if part, you know, forgiveness can sometimes be being intimate and allow yourself to be vulnerable. Mm-hmm. And other times we can forgive, but notice I'm not going to be pissed off at this person. I'm not going to be resentful. I'm not going to have the hurt in my heart. But I think that our exchange isn't good and I need to separate myself. So, right. Well, I think you hit the nail on the head with the first thing you said. It's a release of the burden of having to kind of constantly go over that thing in your in your mind. So, mm-hmm. you know, you don't necessarily have to forgive the person for what they did, but you can forgive yourself for making that mistake and learn from it and grow from it. And you don't actually have to. But it's just that release of, of the burden of, of having to deal with that in your mind. No, you answered, I don't know if I think you answered my question because I was going to ask, have you learned about forgiveness as you've gotten older? I mean, has that has your idea of forgiveness expanded or has it always been that way? I feel like I've always been a very forgiving person, mm-hmm. um, probably more so than I, I should be uh, <laughs> more so. Um, my mom was a very forgiving person, too. And, and mm. uh, so I definitely take after her in that respect you know, much to the dismay of others around her, you know, she forgave the wrong people a lot of times as well. Same Mm -hmm. as I, um, however, I think my idea of forgiveness has changed a little bit more. Whereas, you know, 
Um, what you can forgive a person for what they have done. Mm-hmm. And you can forgive yourself for how you have acted. Wow. And when you and, you know, at first I thought a forgiveness was like, I'm forgiving you for the thing you did. But no, like you can forgive yourself as well. Mm. Yeah. No, I like that. Um, so what do you need to forgive yourself for today? Not being perfect. <laughs> That's a good um, one. I didn't have to think about that, but like not being because if there it's so funny and what i mean by perfect is i don't think like i'm the perfect person but yet and still i think i can be hard on myself when i don't meet certain goals that might not be put on anybody else might not that might no one else is putting on but myself mm-hmm. and i think that i need to forgive myself that if i don't look the certain way that i want to look if i don't make the amount of money that i wanted to make if I am not as successful in this, that I need to forgive myself and forgiving myself is that, you know, partly like letting it occupy space in your mind and being, I think that something is when I, until I forgive, there's something wrong. Mm. And I think it's a caring, a not wrongness. So anyhow, that's my long winded way of saying that, uh, yeah, I need to forgive myself for not being, uh, perfect for making perfection is perfection. Ooh, damn! Look at that! Look like at that. that! What do I need to forgive myself for today? Um, I have been um, so I've I've mentioned before I've been working on this project um, that this writing project that I've been doing <laughs> feels like forever. Mm-hmm. Um, but I I'm I'm really kind of like hitting a wall every time I sit down to do it, and. I need to kind of forgive myself that, you know, I know I, I should be farther along than I am right now. Mm-hmm. However, um, everything's a process and it'll be done when it's done. I, I want it to be done sooner rather than later. So, but at the same time, I also need to forgive myself for not being as far as I should be on this. Mm, yeah. Um, Cause I mean, it's, it's an important thing. Yes. But I mean, I, it's just, you know, you, life happens and, and, you know, we, we get things, we, we get in our own ways, in our own ways sometimes. So maybe that's another thing I can forgive myself for. Yeah. yeah. Forgive yourself, baby. Forgive yourself. Uh, who do you wish you could to, could it to, who do you wish you could apologize to and why? Um, so I have a, f- friend of mine one of my oldest friends um uh who uh we were best friends at one point and we are no longer friends we don't really talk um i i did speak to her recently briefly because we were kind of worried about another thing that was going on but um that was good um if i could or would talk to her again i would apologize for the way i may have I won't apologize for my actions because everything that I've done was necessary for my growth and my evolution. So I would apologize for the way it made her feel. And, um, you know, I, I, maybe that's a backwards way of thinking about it. Is that good? Well, it's funny. I knew a person that, you know, used to always say, I'm, I'm sorry that you feel that way. Uh, which I think is kind of a back is a kind of an asshole way of saying that it can be, (laughs) or it can be, you know, acknowledging someone's feelings without, and it can be an asshole type thing for sure, but it can also be 
a way of acknowledging their feelings without saying I did anything wrong with, you know, because I want to say this too. Sometimes like, no, I don't want to say that. Like, I know, I, I know at the situation, like the situation that happened was actually incredibly nuanced. It's not just like one thing that happened. It actually happened over a period of time of several years. Mm -hmm. So at one, at, on one hand, yes, I don't feel like I did anything wrong because everything has kind of led me to this point. Mm -hmm. However, I am sorry for that relationship to end. You know, I didn't mm -hmm. want it to, and, but I also understand that people grow in different ways. And, and, you know, so I, I would apologize for the way that I made her feel if that was a bad way. Okay. Yeah. I think, you know, I, I, who popped into my head was the guy I was seeing uh last year uh last summer what did you call this a uh a, a situation ship yeah it was one of those we you know kind of you know but what would happen was we would hang out and we would do the thing and we were just like you know folks in a relationship we'd be relationshipy uh and then days after it would be like i was ghosted and then when he wanted to come over and i know that just sounds like a hookup but, you know, we we definitely, you know, we talked and we got into, you know, artistic stuff and all this type of stuff. Anyhow, I got tired. I realized that that's not what I wanted. Mm -hmm. Like, should I get off the pot? And I could have ended it like, hey, this isn't unhealthy. And he, you know, we both had, had ended it a couple of times. And I, you know, the way I responded was uh, it was just too much. I, the way I should have responded was, hey, this is unhealthy for me. Uh, you know, I hope everything goes okay, but, you know, this isn't what I want. The way I did respond was, oh, my God, I'm going to tell this on the show. The way I did respond was, you know, I don't like the way you treat me. My friends don't like the way you treat me. Next time you want to hurt somebody, don't call me. And I said that, and I think after I did that, I did apologize a little bit, mm -hmm. but it was the hurt was there so much that he ended up blocking me on everything and deleting me. And I don't I wasn't wrong for voicing the opinion. Hey, uh, this isn't healthy for me, but I was absolutely wrong for throwing that extra shit on top of it and trying to to sting. So, yeah. 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 I mean, it's it's tricky when, you know obviously tensions arise in relationships whether they be romantic or friendships or whatever my mama don't like it but when we have those moments of like i'm hurt so hurt people hurt people so yes. when when we have those moments where we're like you know i'm i'm feeling hurt i'm feeling left out so i'm gonna hurt you right back yeah which leads us back into this the next question who do you wish you can receive an apology from I would want to receive an apology from that person that I was speaking of before, because the what ended the relationship was a moment which didn't even need to happen. Mm -hmm. Like it, it was a completely unnecessary thing. And I'll just explain the situation. Um, so I wrote my book, Bitter Blue Pill, mm -hmm. and I took photos of myself and my friends and stuff and you know clipped faces out obviously they don't have any faces or anything on them um but this person was upset because she saw a photo of what she thought was her mm. without her uh permission and the first thing that she said was how dare you use this photo of me without my permission 
not congratulations on writing a book, not, not I'm proud of you. Anything it's, it became about her. Mm -hmm. And I'm like, first of all, that's not even you. Mm -hmm. Second of all, thanks. No, it was very, it was very that. And it blew up, it exploded. And, um, it, it didn't need to be that way. You know, it, it could have been expressed a completely different way mm. and we could have talked about it and perhaps still be friends. But at the same time, you know, it, it, it was a, it was a moment of hurt people, hurt people. And perhaps some somewhere in the past I did hurt her. And that also, it also made the situation worse or, you know, whatever the case might be, you know, it is something that I wish that I could receive and apologize for. No, oh. I, I was vacillating in between saying nobody, cause the world should be perfect, blah, blah, blah. But it, it's not, uh, for me, it would be my parents and sister. Mm. And I can't believe I'm saying that because even though there's a, a big part of me that is over that and can, understand that they have their life and I have mine mm -hmm. without, you know, being, you know, angry. Mm -hmm. There's a part of me that thinks about what could I have done had I not been so scared. And so, you know, because for me, when my, it took me forever to come out, my sexuality was, I thought that I was so busy hiding it mm -hmm. that I couldn't live life or live a, a proper life. And I'm not saying that's all on them. Yeah. But I think that I should put more so instead of adding extra stuff on it, is that I didn't feel like I felt like what I was wasn't enough and was the worst thing I could be. Mm -hmm. And I would like an apology, I guess, for them to actually be like, you know what, might not understand it, but it's okay. Yeah. And who knows, I might get that from my, I might get that from my sister one day, maybe yeah. a decade down the line or something. Maybe here's what I will say to that. Um, I think one of the beauty, the beauty, beautiful, 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 one of, aspects, one of the beautiful aspects of being a queer person is, is yes, we might not have the best relationship with our family and stuff at times, but we also get the beautiful of chosen family. Yes. And, and, you know, we get to surround ourselves with people that, that love us no matter what. And yeah. Thank you for that. Aww. Thank you for sharing that. Ports. 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 <laughs> <laughs> so how do you feel, how do you treat yourself when you make a mistake? Be specific. Uh, I sometimes I'm doing it without slapping myself in the head. Sometimes I'm like, stupid, stupid, stupid. No, I, that's, you know, sometimes my gut reaction is like, how could you do that? And I replay it in my head, like, damn it, I should have done this. Can I go back in time and do this? You know, and I, I do that and I am learning to, because there, there's, it's weird. There are different sides of the spectrum. You were talking earlier about being the middle ground. There's one side where I, I punish myself, blah, blah, blah. There's another side where I don't even think about it. It doesn't make any difference to me. Mm -hmm. And I think the middle ground for that, what, what that I'm trying to, sometimes I achieve, what I'm trying to achieve now is I made this mistake. I don't want to make this mistake again. So how mm -hmm. can I learn from this? Exactly. And, and part of it is, you know, when I made a mistake or injured someone else, how do I go from not disrespecting them when I went around them, not disrespecting them and, and, and what happened, but not being subservient, like, I'm sorry, I, I can't be all the time. So it's like, 
when I really, you know, give a true amends and make it right with somebody, uh, I can, uh, I'm, I'm talking about like, you know, what I want to do rather than when I do make a mistake. Sometimes yeah. I, I do it, you know, well, and I, you know, I give an amend to that person. Sometimes I beat myself up. What about you? When I was younger, I, I used to, um, replay situations in my head over mm-hmm. and over again and i was like oh i could have said that or i could have did that or i could have done that better or like blah, blah blah i would obsess over it especially i would have a really difficult time falling asleep at night because i'd just be replaying the same situations over and over in my head but i realized that's not healthy at all yeah and over time i did kind of learn to release that and not deal with it in such a uh obsessive way now I like I take that same approach. It's like, okay, I made a mistake. I can learn from this. I can move on. Um, however, now, however, um, but now it's it's definitely like I have a different relationship with mistakes. Like for instance, in the very beginning of when we were doing this podcast, and mm-hmm. I would edit like certain things out, or like oh, you know, yeah. when we kind of slip up and stuff and, and say something like you know, one of those moments, mm-hmm. we would edit that out. But now I find beauty in those moments. I think those are some of the best moments where we just fuck up and we're yeah. like oh shit we're human you we know? are human yeah and i think that's kind of, kind of the best moment so i'm only human. when we make mistakes even recording this show like i i love those moments because they're just it's an honest moment yeah um who took you the longest to forgive and what helped you to get there oh my dad mm. um my dad as most people know, was not really in the picture like my whole life. He was actually mostly out um, of my life and out of prison and or whatever the situation might be. Um, moved around quite a bit. Um, illegitimate kids all over the, all over the country, I think. Um, but, you know, I have really beautiful brother and sisters now, though. Half brother and sisters. Someone uh, once said, and I love this, there's no illegitimate children, just illegitimate parents. Exactly. <laughs> exactly. Um, but yeah, so I, for a long time, I was very kind of like, I didn't I didn't really like that. You know, I, I wish I did because my dad's a musician. I wish he taught me how to play guitar. And mm. like I, you know, and, you know, stuff like that, you know, but I think it was a few years ago when I saw him for the first time in a very long time at my grandparents' house and we sat outside smoking weed <laughs> together and and just talking for like two hours. And wow. it was kind of like one of those moments. And, you know, I knew he didn't really care that I was gay and it wasn't anything that we really, really like discussed, but we actually discussed it then. Hmm. And um, I heard the story of my conception, which was fucking weird too Um, but it it was kind of in that moment that i'm like all right my dad's a human too and and, yeah and and you know i really forgave a lot of that stuff that day and we actually started to have a relationship after that um you know it's not we don't talk all the time or anything but you know at least now i now i know i can if i want to yeah I think I'm going to say this again, and this might be like, well, have you really forgiven them? But I would say my parents and my sister. And what I mean by that is that I don't bash them. I have compassion for their point of view. They never thought they'd have a gay relative. I mean, and forgiving them, I think, means to know that where they have come from, 
they're doing their best mm. and it's not personal to where they want to be like, this is my journey because I, I internalize a lot of it. Mm. And a lot of it isn't me that I'm just horrible. It's their stuff and what they have the capacity to understand and to uh, love or to let into their life. And my forgiveness now is not talking trash and talking about, I learned some great stuff from my parents, but also not being in the picture and not being in the picture that I'm ignoring them, but because they want to live a certain life, I want to live a certain life. And me forgiving them is allowing them to have that life without being resentful that I'm not in it, without, you know, trash talking and just wishing them the best. Mm -hmm. Uh, So, yeah. What's that thing that you always say other people's opinions are not your oh uh, it's none of my business what people think of me yeah yeah exactly yeah it's and how i got there was uh through through beating my head against the wall through you know you know feeling like hate feeling like anger towards him and realizing that that anger wasn't helping me and that anger was like Mm. eating me up so that's how i got there i'm gonna skip a couple of these but um what is a mistake that you made that you are grateful for now Oh, damn. I'll say this, and this might be a controversial opinion. Okay. Um, when I broke up with my boyfriend mm-hmm. in Seattle, I moved to Sacramento. And I definitely uh, explored a lot of things, did a lot of things that I'm not exactly proud of. But mm-hmm. I also at the same time really... Um, learned from them and grew from them as I began dating this guy and um, he found out he was positive during while I was dating him Mm -hmm. we continued having sex Um, I found out I was positive afterwards and so yes it was a scary time yes I didn't really know like what was going on I still care about this person I I do not blame him whatsoever what we did but it was a mistake like we continued to have sex Mm. um uh, you know, he became undetectable. I became undetectable. All good. Um, but we now, what, what's that um, Osho quote? Uh, is it Osho or is it um, the Persian prince? The crack is where the light shines through. Hmm. Um, wow. It's, it's um, Rumi. Rumi. That's, that's him. Um, yeah, the crack is where the light shines through. So like now, like that is, yeah, it's a burden, but it's also a thing that I'm like incredibly grateful for because now it kind of really informs because this disease now informs a lot of things that I do now and informs a lot of like the work that I try to do now. And I'm uh, honestly, my life changed that day. And mm. uh, I think it changed for the better because now I really took my health seriously. And I really took my my life seriously because I was kind of faced with my mortality in a way. Wow. Yeah. I thought about stuff and I was like, I'm drawing a blank. And this might uh, be controversial. Uh, I don't know whether I want to say my addiction or my last relapse. Uh, but, you know, that last relapse, I think, Uh, For me, things got so bad uh, with me and drugs Mm -hmm. that I didn't know that they could go that bad or Mm -hmm. go that crazy. And uh, and I didn't think that I'd have that relationship with alcohol where I had to have alcohol at every like if if I could go maybe five hours, uh, but not I think I only went five hours when I was asleep. Uh, 
I would, you know, have alcohol every couple of hours. So anyhow, uh, I think that last relapse, uh, what happened to me, the drugs I was using and the things that happened to me kind of solidify the fact that I cannot successfully use drugs or for me or even drink. Yeah. Uh, and I, I think that there was might have been a little question about that before, mm-hmm. but now there there's no question like that. As far as me being able to, I think I passed the point to where, and we, you know, if you do any type of drugs, you know, God bless you. It's not like a bad thing. I don't think, I won't say things are bad. I think things are bad for me and maybe my, my chemistry, but I know my chemistry, I passed the threshold where I could have do drugs and have fun on them. Like shit happens to me where I can't even enjoy the drugs. So, um, that's anyhow so that's a mistake that- i mean that that me too like you know when after i kind of was dealing with this disease and stuff yeah i i kind of fell into the drug situation too and and mm. you know i think that was kind of a symptom of what i was trying to avoid yeah um, for a long time and so yeah i mean that's also a mistake that also informs what i do now so i mean yeah i mean i had the same situation so i'm grateful for that as well nice yeah yeah we getting real. We getting real, real. Uh, have real. you had to unlearn anything about forgiveness? Oh, what have uh, you had to unlearn? I think uh, that whole forgive and not forget thing. You know, you no. Know, actually, what I what I'll say is, and I said this before. I think that I thought forgiveness was that I had to when I forgave somebody. I thought it was letting people back into my life the Mm. same sort of way and i think there's a line between forgive but don't forget and okay i'm opening myself up to because sometimes i i can learn something about the situation not only about them but about mistakes that i've made and i need to sometimes adjust some relationships or adjust what i do so i think i thought forgiveness was let's go back to the same pattern rather than learning something from it yeah I, I second that motion completely because yeah, like you forgive and not forget. It's just such, it's a dated term. I think, you know, I think that you're always going to remember, but at the same time, you don't have to allow that into your life. You can forgive a person for their actions, but you don't always have to be with that person. You know, if, yeah. if they fucked up, they fucked up, you like, fucked up, you know, forgive, Baby, forgive them for their actions, yes, but you also don't have to let them into your life. Yeah. Uh, ooh, we're getting deep. When mm-hmm. was the last time you owed someone an apology but didn't give it to them? I don't know. I'm always a very apologetic person, even more so. If I feel like I, I've done something like like really wrong, I will apologize for it. Like I, I have zero problem. Like. I don't think I've had this. This sounds stupid, but I, I don't think I've had one of those moments where I, I really did owe someone an apology because I am a very apologetic person. Um, in fact, I think I used to be more so apologetic than I am now. Maybe not. Maybe I'm an unapologetic person. <laughs> no. <laughs> now that I'm thinking about it. Um I, I feel like if there's ever any any situation that I, I really do owe someone an apology for, I will be the first one to apologize for it, especially if I say something wrong or if it makes someone feel a certain way. Um, for instance, 
be able to say this the other day, um, I swapped sections with someone to turn into a breaker shift. And because I wanted to get out early, yada, yada, yada. Well, it, I came back at six to relieve the first person that was on break. And she was kind of taking a long time and stuff and yada, yada, yada. Um, uh, but I was, but, and then she kept kind of like flitting around and like not communicating with me. So I was kind of like, come on, girl, come on, let's go. And I'm snapping at her and I snap my fingers a lot. It's mm. not because I'm being like, I just, it's a physical habit that I, that I have. Mm. Um, but <laughs> she, I realized I'm like, oh, I'm kind of being an asshole now. Cause now I'm kind of like snapping at her. Mm-hmm. And so she went on break and she came back and I, I did apologize. I'm like, Hey, like, I didn't mean to like snap at you like that. Like it, I, that's just a thing that I do. Um, but yeah, like I, I don't feel like I, I have, like, I'm, I'm a pretty self-aware person is what I'm trying to say. Yeah. Yeah. I, you know, I went through the, you know, I talk about, you know, uh, going through, you know, program and sobriety certain times. I think one of the things eight, the eighth step and ninth step is, you know, first eight step making a list of, you know, people mm. uh, that have wrong. harmed yeah. And being willing to uh, make amends to them and step nine is making direct amends to, you know, those people unless doing so would harm them, mm-hmm. uh, them or others. Uh, and it's funny. So I've done a lot of that. So I, I've done a lot of, you know, not only apologizing, but making amends and setting things right. How can I make this better so yeah. that, that, that this thing isn't broken anymore? Um but I realize I love playing pool mm-hmm. and I've had to calm down with certain things because I, without being, I respect, you know, the game. I respect the pool table. I respect the, you know, whole the etiquette and everything like that. And I know I have been, you know, certain times when I backed off, I've been so strict and a little bit harsh with people when they didn't know the etiquette. And like, oh. yeah, like, like little things like I remember uh, one, oh, maybe this is somebody I need to apologize to, but I remember that like, this is years, years ago. Uh, I, I shoot, you know, the way I learned playing pool, you don't stand in anybody's shot line. If somebody's making a shot, you don't stand right in their shot line where they're trying to, you know, focus or whatever. You don't do this type of stuff. So one guy I was playing and he would stand in every corner. Uh, actually, not that guy. He there was that, that guy was a dick, but another guy <laughs> who was just like kind of like a new player, and he was just like, oh, "I'm doing this for fun." Every time I he would he would get in the way, and he would like do that during my every shot. And at one point, I was like, "You're done." I took all the balls and be like, "Who's playing next?" Goodbye. Oh, yeah. Ouch. Yeah, and I realized that I don't think I ever apologized to that guy for for that. Now he was he was in the wrong for what he did. But when I apologize, one of the things about apologies is that I don't need to, my apology doesn't, it's apologizing for my part mm-hmm. without bringing up their part. Well, I was doing this, but you did blah, blah, blah. What good apology or an amends, I keep my side of the street clean. Mm-hmm. So, okay. I could have done it. I came up with something mm-hmm. and scratch all the bullshit that I was talking about before. Ooh, not saying all this because I'm not perfect in the least bit i'm a very impatient person Mm -hmm. and uh mars and aries hello i i'm impatient as fuck and for the stupidest things (laughs) like at the grocery store if i'm going to the grocery store there's two people in the line i'm gonna just drop my groceries and i'm gonna walk out because i don't want to fucking sit in that line you know yeah there's times when 
I'm getting too impatient with people. Mm-hmm. For instance, uh, one time I was at a, uh, a post office and I treated this person, this post office worker, very shitty because they were trying to charge me for uh, tape, which first of all, <laughs> trying to charge me for tape is bullshit. Wow. But at the same time, they're just doing the job. I was an asshole to this person. Mm-hmm. I did not apologize for it. Oh, they're just doing their job, you know? Yeah. 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 <laughs> so that is, some, that is a situation that I, I should have apologized for that I did not. Uh, I'm sure there have been others like that. So yeah, scratch all that bullshit that I was talking about before. Ooh, <laughs> that's some crazy stuff. But at the same time, that is true because now I am a, a very self-aware person because I do know that about myself. Oh, okay. Uh, when was the last time you felt unappreciated by someone? Right now. <laughs> Just kidding. Ouch. <laughs> You're kind of kidding. I'm leaving. No, no, not at all. Um, in fact, I think I've, I feel always appreciated by you. Mm-hmm. Um, and vice versa. Um, unappreciated by someone. Uh, I, I say I feel unappreciated at work a lot, often. Mm-hmm. Um, especially, like, for instance, you get these tables and stuff that are just, you know, I'm I'm there just trying to do my job and you get these people who who come in and send all their food back and you know just complain complain like it's my fault like I fucking went back there and cooked the food you know what I mean like but you know at the same time they don't tip or you know shit like that like that's very unappreciative yeah um and that happens all the time this week I sold this is a lot for for the day that it was, I sold $1,600 in food this day. Wow. Every table was over $175. Mm-hmm. I got stiffed a bunch. Wow. A bunch. You know, I walked with maybe like 110. Wow. Like I should have, well, I should have been, 10%. I should have been walking with $200. Yeah. yeah. Should, should that have been the case, you know, but I was walking with 110, like I literally so bad. Wow. Um, And so, yeah, I mean, that's something that you just go with the flow. It, it is what it is. You know, a lot of the, a lot of times it's, it's kids that come in with their friends and they don't have money. So they're just going to, you know, yeah. do whatever. But, you know, at the same time, some of those kids were very appreciative as well. They were like, thank you very much. Like have a, you know, didn't tip, but okay. <laughs> yeah. Verbal tip is what we call it. <laughs> oh, nice. But you know, that's, that's times that I feel unappreciated by people. No. It's definitely at work and as a server for sure. You know what is funny with mine? There are times where I have felt unappreciated. And the most of those times in the past couple of years have been, or maybe even before that, but I know and I've been aware of it in the last couple of years, have not been that person's fault. Yeah. I have a habit, and I actually I've done, I've worked on this a lot, and it, I'm a lot healthier and happier because of this. But certain times I can have expectations of people and they haven't done anything wrong except not meet my expectation, which right. is nothing they did wrong. Right. It's just me and the expectation that I built up in my mm, head. And I felt unappreciated because what I thought and I felt if this person appreciated or cared about me, they would act in this manner. Yeah. They would do this. And it's not even a, even bad things. It's just like I can I felt unappreciated by what I thought someone was thinking. They didn't even do anything, yeah. but I felt they're thinking this. So I, you know, I lately I would say the less I feel unappreciated, even if people do, yeah, I, there's, there's something I've been thinking about. I 
can get worked up about things that I can't change and I can't change somebody else's behavior. And when I learn that, you know, I focus on not being unappreciated, but I just focus on appreciation. Uh, I feel a little bit better. Yeah. Um, that's not that one. What does an ideal apology look like? Or a bad one? Um, I think, and I've been so kind of like trained in program, uh, that more than an apology, this is a thing. I don't bring my drugs and alcohol into it. Uh, people are used to, I'm sorry, from alcoholics and addicts. Right. Oh, I'm sorry. I'm sorry. I'm sorry. And guess what? I'm going to do it again, but I'm sorry. And I've it's learned. hollow. Yeah. Yeah. I've learned more than an apology. I've learned the difference between an apology and an amends. Mm -hmm. And some people would agree. Some people would say that a real apology is an amends. But uh, I think a true, uh, you know, apology would be an amends. That is making it right. Mm. It looks like this. I've wronged you in this sort of way. Right. I know that my behavior isn't right. I don't want to be like this anymore. Uh, living it out and not being that anymore is part of the apology. And what can I do to make it right? Mm. I think that's a damn. That's deep. I didn't make it up. That's just you know. Yeah. What I <laughs> what I learned. I learned that in program, but I think that can be useful for uh, universally. It's useful. A completely. Yeah. I mean. Yeah. There's there's shit that you know even without drugs and alcohol involved in it, you know, when, when you, when you fuck up royally and you keep fucking up, you know, keep you, fucking up, you keep up, you know, you keep apologizing for the same thing over and over again. It doesn't matter what it is. You know, it's just, it's a hollow apology. It doesn't yeah. do anything, but when you actually start to take it, take it other people into consideration, when you do make those decisions and you start, you know, kind of really trying to do the work and, and change that aspect of you that keeps doing the thing, that's the apology that's that's working towards the goal that's really kind of doing the work yeah yeah do that work finish this sentence i'm tired of apologizing for um i don't know if this is cheating or not i'm tired of saying i'm sorry uh i like i like i apologize better than i'm sorry but certain times I've caught myself saying, I'm sorry. Almost bump into somebody. Oh, I'm sorry. Apologizing uh, for apologizing. Yeah. I mean, I think, yeah. And I, I think that there's certain things I, I don't know whether you call an apology for, but the words I'm sorry have come out of my mouth when I shouldn't be, you know, sorry. I've made, maybe made a mistake or almost bumped into someone or, but I think that definitely I apologize to me is better than, you know, than I I'm sorry. Mm -hmm. So I think I'm, I'm tired of, I don't know if that's cheating or not. I but. say excuse me. Yeah, that's a, that's a good one too. But, yeah, but know, but yeah, saying I'm sorry, it, it's that same situation where it's like I'm I'm sorry for saying I'm sorry. Yeah, because like, if you say it too much, it doesn't mean anything. You know? Yeah, exactly. Hmm. I'm tired of apologizing, and this is something that I've taken my entire life to deal with. But I'm tired of apologizing for myself of just Ooh. being me. Oh, damn it. And especially when I was younger, this was like a really difficult thing for me to do. It's like, I, I, wish, I, I wish I'd done that one. I had a hard time, like, just being me. Mm. Much younger, you know, like 13, 12. I, I, I was about to say, it must be much younger because yeah. one of the things, even when you were like 19, 20, mm -hmm. and I was like 29, 30, 
one of the things I looked at you and was like so in awe about was by that time you were so unapologetically Mm -hmm. you that I was like right around 15, 16 is when I really made the conscious decision just to say, fuck up, fuck it, fuck you all. Like I I don't care anymore. Yeah. And but yeah, like when I was much younger, I was definitely like kind of like small town boy i didn't really like understand social skills i didn't have any of that stuff and i just felt awkward in my body and stuff so i i didn't i and i i felt like i was i i was on autopilot you know Hmm. and so now as i've gotten older i've really taken that um apologizing for just being myself like you're just you you know and i this the way the same way i'm i'm just me and so you shouldn't have to apologize for that just being you Mm, exactly yeah um i don't know if i want to skip any or not um well i guess uh how forgiving of others are you from on a scale from one to ten and how can you increase that by one point of others, I'd say pretty high. Um, like eight or nine, I'd say. How to increase it? I think just trying to understand where people are come from more mm. and understand that not everyone has the same experience as you and really kind of empathize with them on a different level because that way you can be empathy is the highest form of forgiveness i think because when you really try to um uh see from that person's perspective even live in their shoes even just for a moment i think that's important wow yeah um i think i'd say i'd call myself a seven and a half or eight we're we're talking about forgiveness (laughs) (laughs) um yeah but okay um (laughs) Sorry, but uh, I think uh, I would give myself that and I think I could increase it by not personalizing things that that happen. Mm -hmm. Two things, not personalizing uh, thing, you know, when somebody does something, a lot of times people do things to meet their own needs, not just to say, I want to F that guy up Mm -hmm. Uh, and realizing that the people are just trying to survive. And another one by there's certain things I can choose to take as an assault or I can choose not even to think about hmm. and certain times when people think everybody is wrong blah 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 they latch on to like that that thing that could be that could go either way it could be a bad thing or it could be just a thing so I think more so letting go of things early I think I can you know I think that, you know w- would help to increase yeah. that my contact is really fucking messed up right now. I, I just told you about I the contact. I, I keep messing it. I don't understand when people can put things in their eyes. <laughs> just kidding. Um, who taught you about forgiveness, indirectly or directly? Um, oh, my mom for sure. My mom, one hundred percent. I think my grandmother to an extent too. My my grandma on my mom's side. Um, she. You know, my, she and my mom didn't always get along. Um, in fact, when they, I feel like they reconciled much later in life when my grandma was actually dying, um, because my mom was the kid that, even though she was the black sheep of the family, she really did look after grandma when she, when she got sick. You know, we moved from Visalia to Riverside when she had a heart attack, and mm. um, you know, so I think my grandma 
uh, over time really did start to forgive my mom just for being who she was. And um, their relationship really kind of blossomed after that, I think, because my mm. mom did care. And, and, you know, she, she does, she was the one that really kind of took care of grandma and, and all that stuff when everything else happened. Wow. Yeah. You know, I think it's funny. Uh, even though I don't go to church now, my belief system is different. I learned about it in church uh, from someone who I needed to forgive. From Jesus. Well, it's it was, <laughs> so there was this guy that uh, he was a preacher that I had friction from since I was 16. Mm -hmm. For years, we just had friction. And one time he was preaching mm -hmm. a sermon uh, about, uh, you know, love your enemies that, you know, God makes the sun to shine on the good and the bad and the rain to, you know, to rain on, you know, good and the bad and all that sort of stuff. And I think he was preaching that sermon and something in that taught me a little bit about forgiveness. And I remember that day, I think I might have apologized to him for something or just just I remember being nice to him. And like, you know, giving a, a big offering, you know, because, you know, back then. Anyhow, I just uh, remembered all that. But I think that would be the person hmm. or, or the situation more so. Well, thank you, preacher. Thank you. Um, <laughs> well, this is a good one. Is there something you haven't forgiven your ex for? Uh, nothing that uh, that happened while we were together. So my first ex, uh, we like joke on Facebook right now. I was, oh, that was, just, that was the puppy. Okay. But we joke on Facebook and, you know, there's nothing, there's no weirdness. There's no, uh, I would say my second ex, I always say that I have had one and a half boyfriends. Mm -hmm. uh, you know what? No, I'm not going to say that because I've forgiven that person. I think there's something that happened with one of my exes, but it happened, didn't happen while we were together. It mm. happened in our friendship. Mm. And I was trying to help him. He didn't want the help. And I felt like I, I think separating myself was a good idea, but I think I still need in that separating myself to forgive the situation and not be mad when I think about it and leave the door open to where if he needs help, because this is, I don't view this is an ex, but this happened during our friendship. And I think so it's more so me forgiving a friend. Mm. Uh, but but yeah, I think I, that's who I mean, I, I mean, I think that's the the uh, thing I need to forgive an ex for. Well, I think I've mostly moved past this in my life. But, you know, for a while I was in a very abusive relationship and, um, you know, I've I've gotten over it. I've moved past it. I've worked through it. However, I don't know if I've exactly forgiven him mm. for the stuff that was going on. Because I mean, I'll just say right now, I forgive you. Um, because like I, you know, I, I think we did kind of talk again much later, and and he still was, he still had issues. Like whatever, he's he's moved on. He's he's got a whole other life. But you know, it's it's whatever. Um, but at the same time, like I, he is who he is. And mm -hmm. I know that we were just toxic together. Mm -hmm. well, and, that's a good one. Yeah. yeah. And so, you know, it, it's, it, it's, it's fine. Like I, I forgive you for being you and, you know, for teaching me how a relationship should be. Oh, yeah. Okay. 
Finish this sentence. I'm still working on blank, and that's okay. I'm still working on patience. <laughs> that's mm. okay. <laughs> Damn. Oh my God. I am working on patience. Um, I actually feel a lot more patient these days than I have in much recent times. Um, you know, I I'm learning how to sit in line some more. <laughs> mm. I'm learning how to how to really kind of just go with the flow with things, which I, I do a pretty good job at, I think, but there's definitely times I'm like, no, oh, let's, let's go. Like, so I'm just trying to, I'm working on being more patient. Ooh, I'm working on, ooh, taking care of myself. And I mean that in the sense financially, uh, you know, health wise, um, you know, emotionally, there's certain things I do that I could take care of myself. I know financially it's one of those that I could do things to earn more. And I think that's a, a big part of it that uh, I, I need to appreciate myself like I appreciate uh, the best folks that, that I, I need to. Yeah, I think, you know, kind of appreciating myself and not in the sense that I'm just going to pat myself on the back, but being a little bit stricter with myself and making myself do things that my future self mm. is going to thank me for. Yeah. Yeah. That's a good one. Uh, maybe just a couple more here. Um, who is the most understanding person you know? I say understanding. Or understanding. Mm, I don't know many understanding people. <laughs> oh, wait, I, I was thinking about somebody. I know we're not allowed to say, well, I'll, I'll say it. I would say you and Nick. And that's why you're my besties, because yeah. I can you're people I can talk to you people, we can, <laughs> you people, uh, but you're people <laughs> I can talk to about anything and can be, you know, th this is a great thing. Have the ability to not beat me down for something, but kind of like lead me back into solution, mm. even though I fight it sometimes you all have a way of saying it where I listen. So <laughs> I think that is a big part of being understanding without being like, everything's okay. Yeah. I think you, you two are understanding while uh, leading me back to solution. I think definitely you. Um, although I think there is like a rigidness to you that sometimes is kind of difficult. To... You just don't understand. <laughs> no, I get it. I get it. It doesn't have to be. But me. the big things definitely like, like, is you don't judge anybody for anything um try not to yeah but i think my mom and yeah a person oh my god like that woman is the most understanding person ever ever she'll find an excuse for even the worst person you know <laughs> he's just he's just as who he is you know that that kind of person she's just yeah literally the most understanding person Aww. Um, I think we should just do maybe these two more fill in the blanks. Okay. Um, I forgot actually, that th that third one's a good one too. Actually, I don't know if it's my turn or your turn. I think it's your turn. Okay. Uh, oh, I guess it is. Uh, finish this. Oh, uh, finish this sentence. The hardest part of forgiveness is getting over yourself. Hmm. It's really kind of taking away your own ego when you when you truly forgive someone. 
Oh. Yeah. Uh, I'd say the hardest part of forgiveness is letting the need of forgiveness be stronger and bigger than the hurt that I feel. Because, mm. like, a lot of times it's like, oh, yeah, I want to make this, you know, feel like this, but that fucking hurt is still there. Mm-hmm. And sometimes, sometimes I don't realize that the process of forgiveness makes the pain sting, the pain sting less when I kind of go through. Because I, I think forgiveness sometimes can be a, okay, I forgive you. A lot of times, more often, it is a process. Yeah. Uh, so, yeah. Definitely. I know I've forgiven someone when? Uh, when that, and this is, a, it's funny that we, uh, going back to a lot of program stuff. So one of the things someone told me about doing the fourth step, you know, the people uh, make a list of uh, all persons that I, you know, that I think have wronged me mm-hmm. or that that I have resentment against. Mm-hmm. Uh, I, I don't know, I'm drawing a blank on the actual uh, uh step <laughs> yeah on, on the actual uh, wording of it i can't sometimes i do that drop the one that people have hurt you yeah oh okay. yeah uh and i make a you know list of all the people i'm resentful towards and when they say get the list how do i make this list do i hate them do i do this and they say you know when you think about somebody and you get that like that burning or that you know that feeling in the in your gut or in your heart you get that like weird feeling it's like that's a good indicator and yeah. i think that i know i've forgiven someone when that feeling is either non-existent or very, very small, when that feeling can be, you know, uh, controlled. And actually when it's not there. I think there's just that, as you said in the very beginning, like there's just a sense of release and, you know, I don't have to hold on to this anymore. And that actually leads right into that last question. What does oh. that mean to feel like in your body? Oh, it's, it's literally like a, like a release. Or what does release or does resentment feel like in your body? What's forgiveness? Forgiveness feels like a release. It's mm. like I let go of this. I don't have to hold on to it so tightly. Mm. Whereas resentment's like, oh, I just I I can't even explain it. Like I I have to hold on to this because I, I'm addicted to this feeling of of mm. hurt that I'm I'm feeling right now. So that's holding on to that resentment, you know. I I will say there's a person that I work with that, you know, I I the relationship did kind of like get iffy for a minute and I don't necessarily feel bad for that person um uh that or I mean don't feel comfortable around that person Mm. um but at the same time I'm kind of like it's fine I I don't have to hold on to that feeling I don't have to like this person has an idea of me and that's fine that I take full responsibility for that and um I forgive that. I don't have to hold on to that feeling. Oh. They don't have to try to get. I don't have to try to get on their bad side. In fact, I think there's a lot of like release in that. A lot of forgiveness in that. Just yeah, you feel a certain way. I get that. I see that. Fine. We don't have to be friends. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, with me, I think part of what I talked about is that you know that stinging. Uh, that's it's gonna be stinging or that like warm feeling, but not in a good way. Mm-hmm. Uh, when I think about somebody, that's part of what it feels like. But tension is the other part. Yeah. Sometimes it could be tension in my neck or in my fist or in my face. And I think uh, what forgiveness looks like is letting that go so much that that physical feeling of resentment is long, no longer there. When I forgiveness looks like when I can unclench my fist, when I can let my shoulders down, when my face 
I can like let my face relax and not you know tighten my jaws so much. So mm. that's me. That's a me. We back. Welcome back, Starseeds. Um, so again, keeping along with the forgiveness theme of this episode, uh, we have a quote here. You want to take it away? Yes. Uh, we have a quote. Uh, oh, wow. Sorry. Uh, I think the first step to understand that forgiveness, I think the first step is to understand that forgiveness does not exonerate the perpetrator. Forgiveness liberates the victim. It's a gift you give yourself. And that is by T.D. Uh, Jakes, the Reverend T.D. Jakes. I didn't know who that was. You know who that was? Oh, I used to listen to T.D. Well, as a kid, I used to He T.D. Jakes is a preacher of a mega church in Dallas, Texas. He, yeah, he, so he made all his money, I believe, at first in real estate. Mm. And then he became a preacher. So he was kind of rich before he became a preacher. Mm. But yeah, yeah, yeah. Mega, mega yeah. rich. Oh, being a preacher <laughs> in the uh, if I'm not mistaken. Yeah, we can like Google this after. But his son turned out to be gay. Hmm. Yeah, I'm, we're going to have to if I'm wrong, we're going to have to edit that part out. Right. But uh, I don't think I'm wrong about that. And that was a, a <laughs> big deal because of. Uh, but yeah, it's by T.D. Jakes. Well, we're going to keep it rolling here. Um, three things that we're grateful for each week. Oh, I'm going to go first. Uh, I'm grateful that it's almost lunchtime. Yeah. You know, I eat on a schedule and I'm like, I got to eat something. Yeah. By the time it's time to eat, I'm like starving. So I'm grateful uh, for that. I'm grateful um, that I uh, possibly get to go to this pool party tomorrow. Uh, I'm looking forward to that. And I'm grateful for the opportunity. I helped somebody this weekend with something. And I realized from that. I have the ability to be helpful to people. And like, I, I think that's a big thing, not only to someone else, but that's a big thing that keeps me out of trouble. Mm -hmm. Yeah. What you Is grateful for? I was three. Oh, okay. It was, it was lunch, <laughs> pool party, and the ability to be helpful. Okay, cool. Um, I'm grateful for... Uh, the fun trip in san francisco that i just had mm. um that was super great and um being in nature walking through golden gate park which i've only been to once before but i didn't even see all of it it was gorgeous um but yeah just being in nature near the beach in the forest wonderful like yogi grateful for the, the yogi <laughs> Uh, grateful for that time that i spent uh with my family mm. that was wonderful too um and <laughs> this is so ridiculous but i'm grateful for the arguments that i have with my grandma <laughs> because she's so she and i are exactly like completely mm. opposites but both just hard-headed mm. and um you know it was funny when i told her i was going to go to san francisco she goes what are you going to go to san francisco for those they have ar-15s people just shooting people in the street out there i wouldn't be caught dead out there <laughs> and so yes this happened at the dinner table <laughs> nice. and we, i'm like grandma that's not what happens there 
and so you know but you know she lives in her bubble and you know all that stuff so whatever um but i'm also grateful just because that that argument also yes it that's normal in at the family dinner table with my grandmother <laughs> you know i'm grateful that i got to have that again um and i also learned a lot just because um uh of being around my family that i hadn't been around in, in a little while and seeing how, how the kids have changed like my brother and sisters like mm. oh my god like they're like 22 now and oh, they're, wow. they're full ass adults <laughs> triplets mm. and um you know they all don't live together they all kind of have their own separate lives and stuff and i saw all three of them so nice i'm grateful for all that nice yeah well, we have social media. We sure do. Um, you can follow the show on Instagram at a cosmic journey pod at uh, Twitter at a cosmic journey pod. Why? We couldn't afford the EY. Yeah. I am at Demetri Wild on Instagram and Twitter and TikTok. And I am J.Maceo Music on all of that. Oh. Um, you can join our Facebook group, Starseed Central, where you can share memes, suggest cosmic news articles, and interact with us directly. You can also on catch Facebook. us on YouTube. Uh, we have cosmic news, we have interview videos, and we have Jay's that the cosmic insight. That's my cosmic that's, insight. That's you, yeah. <laughs> uh, so we would ask you to uh to rate, to share, and subscribe to our channel. Please do that. Yeah. So thank you for listening. And as always, Godspeed, God Star Seeds. Star Seeds.